0: God be the glory.
1: It's uh, very gratifying that uh, we're able to fill Dr. Falwell's original vision, which is to play at the very highest level.
2: Guys, I want to tell you, you're representing so many people today. You are living out what people started many years ago. You are walking on their shoulders, their foundation. If you make up your mind that you leave this field today was absolutely no regrets that you'll remember. That you left it all out there and you come back in here and I gave it all. For Liberty University, my teammates, my coaches, we'll do it together for we can. We can. Do all things through Christ Jesus. Do Christ Jesus. He, strengthens us. he strengthens us. Each
1: and every day. Each and every day. It may God. Let us
2: fight! Hey guys, it's Chad. You're listening to the A Sea of Red podcast, formerly known as Red Spin Podcast. But uh, we are excited to be back covering the same Liberty University Athletics teams. Um, we'll have the same type of format where we talk to um, Liberty administrators, coaches. We'll talk a lot to John Manson, founder of SeaOfRed.com, get his opinion on things. And then we have uh, opponent previews, and we're talking with some bloggers and coaches from opponent teams as well. Um, we are going to do several more episodes this year, um, trying to trying to make this a year long podcast instead of just during football season. So um, yeah, looking forward to it. It's an exciting, exciting thing to be back. I believe this is our fifth or sixth season. Um, going to be interesting. Who knows how we'll be able to watch? Whether we'll be able to be in the stands or we'll be watching from home on TV. But we will be watching and we will be uh, chatting with you guys, trying to trying to raise the fan engagement and uh, just kind of have fun following our favorite, favorite football team for the time being. So um, with that, in episode one, we have Ian McCall, uh, athletic director. He kind of guides the ship and uh, has us going in in the right direction uh, along across the board with our athletic program. So always thankful for the time that Ian takes to to spend with us here on the podcast we also talk with John Manson um, and you know we go through an entire breakdown of every game on Liberty's football schedule and then give our predictions and uh and it's it's fun to pick John's brain he's just got so much information um, about these teams and so it's good to hear that um, looking forward to you guys hearing that as well um thanks for listening we're looking forward to another great season um yeah drop us a like or a comment make sure you subscribe to the podcasts on itunes Um, and so that way we can uh, stay engaged and we'd love to hear from you if you ever um, get the chance to reply on twitter or something like that Um, that's what this is all about is just to try to continue um, engaging a community for liberty athletics and uh, just makes it more fun for everybody so happy to be back and uh, let's go ahead and listen to that ian mccall interview Hope you guys enjoy it and go Flames. All right, guys, we are with Ian McCall, athletic director at Liberty University. Um, Ian, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, yeah, how you been doing and what you been doing with all your free time you had this summer?
1: Chad, always a pleasure to uh, to be with you. Um, you know, I haven't followed my own advice of taking at least one week of vacation during the summer. Uh, just with all the changes related to COVID, our staff's been very busy preparing for the year to serve our student athletes and our coaches and our program just during this unique time. So um, really proud of the way our people have risen to the challenge and I'm excited to get the year underway.
2: Yeah. So um, so when you were given a couple of months to create an FBS independent schedule here, I guess two years ago, um, did you think that would probably be the hardest scheduling feat you and your group would ever have? And uh, how does that compare to this COVID impacted uh, rescheduling?
1: That's an excellent question. Uh, I would say that building the initial FBS schedules for 2018 and 2019 were more difficult because we needed to come up with a total of 24 games on short notice with very few options available to us. You know, this summer we did lose four of the 12 games and replace them with two new opponents to build the current 10 game schedule. But, um, you know, the most difficult part we've faced this summer has just been the uncertainty about who was actually going to play and who wasn't. And, um, you know, we feel that uh, at this point, as we head into the season, that our our schedule's stable and uh, we're ready to get started on the the nineteenth against Western Kentucky. But uh, Mickey Garrity has done a terrific job and really deserves a, a great deal of credit for his work in, in football schedule in the summer.
2: So I know that we're not going to be able to have that many fans. The and then in, in the initial games, and I don't know how often you're planning on reviewing that plan and and what go goes into that decision, but. It got me thinking, you know, is there any, we like to keep positive vibes here on the podcast. And so I'm just trying to find some type of positive, um, could this possibly drive demand? You know, we've got a lot of, a lot of fans that wanted to be there that aren't able to and, 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 you know, in the stage of where we are and building our fan base and, and building our season tickets, is there any kind of positive you can glean from this?
1: Yeah, well, you know, uh, certainly we're disappointed that we can't have more than a thousand fans for our, our games to begin the season. And uh, we are hopeful that that restriction could be lifted as the season progresses. So we're in regular contact with uh, the governor's office and the other schools in the state's on that. Um, but, you know, I do think uh, your, your point's well taken. Um, you know, Liberty fans are just incredible, including our students, and they bring such energy to the stadium. Uh, that'll really be a, a big loss this year. But um, I do think there will be some pent-up demand for 2021, and we look forward to uh, to bringing everybody back next year and having a uh, uh, regular, uh, you know, game day atmosphere.
2: So just looking at the schedule and and bowl eligibility, can you kind of talk us through that? I think we know what it means, but how do we come to that decision? Do you think that um, two FCS games will count going forward? And then I guess we were looking at potential uh, scheduling um, partners and opponents for the season. It seems like the bowl eligibility was on the forefront of your mind whenever you guys were deciding this. So um, did that really impact um, scheduling philosophy with, um, you know, the types of teams that we were able to get and being bowl eligible at the same time?
1: Yeah. you know Our our goal is to be in a bowl game every year, Chad. So that's always uh, something that we factor into our our schedule building. Uh, This year, um, like every year, bowl eligibility requires a 500 record. Um, With us playing 10 games this season, that means we need to win five games and we can include two FCS victories towards that total. So if we had played an 11th or 12th game, that would have required us to, to win six to be bowl eligible. So um, right now, uh, there are 76 teams playing FBS football this fall. And uh, the bowl system, as you may have seen, has requested a waiver from the NCAA to allow all of those teams to have access uh, to a bowl game. So uh, that hasn't been uh, voted on yet, but um, you know that would allow uh, everyone to have a, a postseason opportunity. And we'll see if that that ends up taking place or not.
2: Wow. That is, uh, that is unique. Do you know when they're going to vote on that? I, I don't. Okay. So, um, with this upcoming football season, we got a lot of, a lot of, you know, unknowns, but what initiatives was your staff excited about? Is your staff excited about, um, this upcoming football season, what have you guys been working on and, and what what's one of the things you guys are most excited about?
1: Yeah. You know, it, um, being excited might not be the right word for it, but I, I'm really proud of the work that our, our coaches and staff have done to create a, a safe and healthy environment for our student athletes. That, that's that been at the forefront of all of our planning. So we've created uh, virtual bubbles modeled after the the professional teams, uh, along with our testing and, and our hygiene protocols, really to put our student athletes in the best possible position to... Uh, Get on the field and to have a successful season. So that's been a team effort from sports medicine, academic affairs for athletics, uh, compliance has, has supported us. Um, just, just really, entire staff has come together and done a wonderful job in that. So I think that would be probably the the most important. And then secondly, we're adapting our, our game day environment to to meet the state restrictions, but at the same time create a safe and exciting fan fan experience for uh, for Flames Nation.
2: So with that comes crowd noise. Uh, It seems to be a conference decision and Liberty being independent. What are your thoughts with crowd noise? Are we going to pump some in and uh, uh, we're going to use Ian's playlist or what what do we got on, on tap there?
1: Well, we've got some better than that. But um, yeah, we're going to have our, uh, our band will be at the games. And we'll also use tape music as, as we normally do during the game. Um, this year, the band is not allowed to perform on the field due to safety protocols. So we're going to show a taped version of the uh, band's pregame and halftime show on the video board. Uh, before the game and, and at halftime, so I think fans will appreciate that. But uh, the band will be there; they'll be socially distanced and, uh, you know, provide a great presence for us to, to again make it a make it an enjoyable experience for for all the fans who are able to attend.
2: So I don't know. We might have, but I, I don't think we've spoken since the bowl game in Orlando back in December, and. Uh, You know, can you just recap that experience and kind of tell us the impact you saw on the athletic program? I know we had talked a lot about it leading up to that, the exposure and the fan engagement and all of those types of benefits that the school would receive. Uh, Can you just kind of update us on that and what were some of the results there?
1: Yeah, Chad, a few of my takeaways from the Cure Bowl were first that Flames Nation showed out in a tremendous way. You know, we believe there were at least 5,000 Liberty fans in Orlando and they made a great impression on the Cure Bowl as well as uh, other bull representatives so so that was really important for us Uh, It was an incredible moment for Liberty to take the next step towards Dr. Falwell's vision by playing in a a postseason bowl game at the FBS level. And, uh, you know, of course, the team came up with a great performance to defeat defeat a really good Georgia Southern team and secure our first bowl win in school history during Coach Freeze's first season. So there was a lot of exposure, uh, a lot of uh, credibility built for uh, Liberty football and and certainly recruiting benefits uh, that accrue from the success as well.
2: So, per usual, I'll ask you a uniform question. I, I just love the uniforms. What new uniforms can we expect this season? And, uh, you know, can, will the football team be having any of that, that lighter blue that we saw donned on the basketball uniforms this year?
1: Yeah, you and a number of our fans are great uh, uniform enthusiasts. So, uh, we do have some new uh, Navy uniforms that will break out this year for the football team. So, they will uh, debut. Uh, early in the season, and uh, you know we'll continue our tradition of uniform reveals leading up to each game. Our, our fans seem to really enjoy that, um, and uh, again, I think you, you'll see that uh, again. It's top of the line uh, apparel, and uh, we're very blessed to have a strong partnership with Nike to give us uh, the very best uh, uniforms and equipment possible.
2: So I know with uh, the, everything that has happened with with ticket sales and Flames Club membership where were we headed? Um, and, and with numbers, were we ahead of last year and just by your gauge, you know, you came, you came to Liberty here a few seasons ago. And when you have initially surveyed the landscape here, uh, where is our fan engagement just kind of, uh, you know, have we matured as a fan base? Where are we at with supporting the program and, and are we where you thought we might be whenever you took the job?
1: Yeah, well, certainly we were, uh, tracking, uh, very well, uh early on in terms of our, our, ticket sales. And, you know, I think we have to look at this year as an anomaly due to the r- restrictions that we're facing, um, because absent COVID, um, again, I felt like we were on a really good trajectory with both our season ticket sales and flames club membership. And, uh, I think, uh, you know, we're in a, a state where we're paused some somewhat right now, but I expect our, our trajectory is going to continue and, uh, you know, flames nation continues to grow. And I I'm really excited about, uh, our future.
2: So let's uh, move over to basketball. How's the new basketball arena um, progressing, and uh, what amenities or features are you most excited about in the new arena?
1: Yeah, Chad, we had a really nice tour of Liberty Arena last week with a representative of the family that made the naming gift for the arena floor. So uh, it was fun to go through the uh, the video board is spectacular. I think that's going to be one of the highlights for uh, for our fans, and uh, it's now uh, in place. So uh, uh, that really makes, uh, makes it look much more finished. And uh, uh, you know we can see uh, that, that we believe we'll hit the, the October 1st uh, goal of having the, the facility ready. But I think fans will enjoy uh, the ribbon boards. They'll enjoy the, the fact that every seat has a great sight line of the floor. And it's just a very intimate, tight environment where fans are going to feel a part of the game. So uh, we can't wait to get started. And uh, we're looking forward to the first game.
2: So, no, last year um, I heard Coach McKay and yourself both allude to uh, Gonzaga of the East. Is that still the mantra with the basketball program?
1: <laughs> it's a good one. And, uh, you know, Coach McKay and his staff just continue to to build on on a great foundation that that's in place. And I look for this this year's team to compete for an ASUN championship, an NCAA tournament ber- berth. I think that um, the Liberty basketball brand has never been stronger than it is today. And uh, we're just very blessed with a special program that really honors the the university's mission in an exceptional way. So I can't wait for basketball to get started.
2: And then uh, last question here on the college college football game day experience for yourself, actually, um, with no fans and do the halftime ceremonies you were talking about earlier, being on the video board. um, You know, normally we see you on the field quite a bit with presentations and things. Um, so how many, less, how many less steps will you get in on game day and um, do, will you prefer to be in the field or in the
1: box? Well, good question. My, uh, my game day mileage will uh, likely be down. <laughs> so I'm going to have to put in some extra work on my uh, treadmill in the morning before the game, but uh, it'll be different. Um, Yet yeah, at the same time, I'm, I'm really excited about what the atmosphere is going to be like. I think it'll be special. Uh, for those fans that are blessed to be among the, the 1,000 in attendance, um, I, I think uh, I'll likely spend most of the game uh, in the box and then come down to the field uh, for the last half of the fourth quarter, which is my normal routine, uh, again, absent the uh, the presentations that we normally do. So uh, again, I, I we want to, uh, you know, I, I regret that uh, we aren't going to be able to have our, our you know, full crowds in attendance, but uh we're gonna do everything we can to make it as exciting as possible for the the one thousand that are that are able to be there.
2: So you mentioned the one thousand. How when will that be reviewed? Is that something you're looking for data from the first game? Is that something we're waiting on? Um governor mandates and regulations type type of things or um what is the leading factor in are we gonna be able to have more fans and when do you anticipate do you anticipate by having a full stadium by the end of the season or we just don't know that yet?
1: Yes. So Chad, so it's all, it's all up to the uh, state government and, and Governor Northam. Um, Right now we're in phase three, tier one, which, which again allows us um, it's, it's the lesser of 50% capacity or 1000. So that has us at 1000 right now. If we can advance to phase three, tier two, phase phase three, tier three, uh, that would allow the restriction to be lifted. And and we think the next threshold would be 25% of capacity. And if we could get there at some point during the season, that would be exciting news for for our fans and, and exciting news for us as well.
2: Ian, as always, really appreciate your time and uh, looking forward to kind of a unique season here and just kind of getting through this. But it's going to be great to have actually some football to watch and to cheer on. So thanks a lot for all you do for uh, the fans here and kind of uh, keeping us in the know and and uh, making this thing exciting. So we're looking forward to a good season.
1: Thanks, Chad. Appreciate it.
2: All right, we have with us John Manson. He is the creator and founder of a sea of Red.com. John, welcome to the first episode of the podcast. We are going to be breaking down the entire Liberty football schedule and kind of get your predictions. So uh, first, just you have any general comments about this year's schedule and how we went from 12 to 10 and then just what that changed and then uh, just general comments about the schedule.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest thing going to 10 games is that you only need to win five games to be bowl eligible, Um, whereas with an 11- or 12-game schedule, you would need six, because technically the NCAA rule is that you've got to be at least 500 in all your games overall, So and, and the NCAA is allowing two FCS wins to count towards bowl eligibility, so we all know that that's Liberty's main goal each and every season right now is to make a bowl game, so this schedule sets them up perfectly for that with two very winnable FCS games. And then there's, you know, one or two FBS games, which we'll talk about that are, you know, more in the win category than not. And then a few that are that are toss ups and, and give Liberty a good chance to win. So I think the rework schedule kind of sets itself up uh, nicely for Liberty to get back to a second straight bowl game.
2: Yeah. And, and and that's very important. And that's a great point you make about that being Liberty's goal. I mean, being an independent, our number one goal is bowl eligibility. Um, you know, I wish I had a dollar for every time I said that on the podcast. <laughs> but, uh, you know, last year going to the Cure Bowl was such a good experience for our fans. And it just made me realize that That bowl experience and going to that bowl game for kids, uh, the athletes, and for fans, it is just a huge momentum boost to your uh, program. So I think uh, Hugh Freeze and Ian both have just recognized the importance of that without a conference affiliation. So, you know, it's kind of, you know, when we added Coastal Carolina to the end of the schedule, everybody was kind of disappointed that it wasn't BYU and. You know, they only have seven games right now. Um, Thank goodness we didn't schedule them after what they just did to Navy. Um, But, you know, it's kind of – I definitely think they had that in mind, the administration, and and they had that in mind that, hey, we have to win five games. That's our goal. And and, uh, I'm sure somebody put their foot down and said, yeah, we could play BYU. Yes, it would be good exposure. But at the end of the day, what is our goal for this program? And I would say that that decision was made to not um, play BYU so that we could – because we're right on the line right now. I mean, we have ESPN predicting us to win, predicting us to win four and a half games. So we're right on the line. Add BYU in there and take away Coastal, and who knows how that looks. So, what are your thoughts about this, the scheduling philosophy, and how we ended up where we did?
0: Yeah, no, I think you know you hit it hit it on the um, head there with with that. I mean, sure, yeah, it would have been nice to add a marquee game against a BYU. You know, you see they were able to add a game against. Uh, Navy on, on in prime time on Labor Day, the only game in town uh, going on, and you know they showed well, so it looks really good for them. But at the same time, if that was Liberty, I mean, would we have, you know, we could have gotten beat pretty bad too, you know, because BYU looks like they're going to be really good. But um, you also got to throw in the travel aspect of it too. That's another thing Ian mentioned was he wanted to, he was looking for somebody that was close, you know, a close drivable distance, so you don't have to worry about you know, air travel and, and, uh, hotel stays. I mean, you could go down to coastal and back in one day if needed. Um, you know, a, as we move along in the season, you know, with COVID-19 that that we're kind of all living with and, and dealing with. So, um, you know, I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, there's some other teams like a Charlotte or Appalachian state or Marshall that that would have been attractive for that same reason, but, um, coastal Carolina, you know, and we'll, we can touch on it when we get to that game as, as we go through the schedule. But that game could end up being a win or go home game for both teams as far as bowl eligibility goes. Um, so, you know, talk about that as far as, uh, you know, rekindling a rivalry, if you will.
2: Yeah. All right. Let's jump right into it. So uh, we got 10 games. ESPN says four and a half wins. So um, are we taking the over the under? We'll find out here as we go through them. John, I just want to get your thoughts on each team and uh and then and then a prediction. So, first up, Saturday um at 919, September 19th at Western Kentucky. John, tell us about Western Kentucky and what you expect Liberty to do. Uh
0: Western Kentucky could be you could argue that they're you know, if not the best team on Liberty's schedule, certainly second, maybe third best uh, up there with some of those ACC schools. I think I would probably put them second you know behind virginia tech right now who's a you know borderline top 25 team um uh, but western is a good team i mean I, I think they're looking at you know winning you know if they were playing a full 12 game schedule i think they've got 11 games i mean you could see them winning double digit wins this year they're they're experienced uh they will be breaking in a new quarterback um but they got a lot of experience they've got a uh defensive end a pass rush defensive end that's projected to go and you know, like a top three round in the NFL draft next year. And, and they're just a good team. It's going to be a tough game. One thing that is to Liberty's advantage with the way the schedule's reworked, uh Western Kentucky plays at Louisville for their first game uh, this Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Then they've got a, you know, kind of a quick turnaround. Obviously, Louisville is not far from Western Kentucky. But, you know, for another game at home the following week at, 11 a.m. Central time, which they are on, or 12 12 noon Eastern time. So that's kind of a quick turnaround for them, whereas Liberty is off, you know, not playing. Um, You you could look at it as positive negative negative both, but the fact that they're playing Saturday night against an ACC school probably take a few licks, um, maybe get banged up a little bit. I I think that could be an advantage for Liberty. But overall,
2: I think Western Kentucky is going to have the upper hand in this one yeah I agree, and uh you know it's it's not that we don't want liberty to win. we're just trying to be realistic with the schedule here and I got that as an l western Kentucky is a great team uh we don't know what we have with our quarterback um we definitely lost a lot of pieces uh, I'm not saying we couldn't be good, but first game of the year um we won't we won't have things quite ironed out, and um yeah, we're just playing a much more talented team right now, so I'm uh, looking – I got I got to start in the season 0-1. And, and then we will move to the 26th of September, uh, assuming that, you know, there's no outbreaks. We'll go to – FIU will come to Lynchburg. It'll be the first home game. Um, slated to have a 1,000 fans right now, which is mostly uh, parents and, and, you know, family members and staff and whatnot. So, they come to town. Lynchburg, home field advantage won't be as good as it w- would have been had we had – Packed out house with our average of 17 seventeen, eighteen thousand fans and all the students. So, um, what do you expect against FIU, Florida International University?
0: First of three straight home games, which, as we learned here recently, all Liberty home games this this season will kick off at one o'clock. Um, so it could be hot, but end of September, maybe maybe not so much. Um, you know, FIU is led by former North Carolina, Miami, Florida. Cleveland Brown head coach, Butch Davis, he's been there, I think this is either his fourth or fifth season. He's taken the Panthers to a uh, bowl game each of his first few seasons there in Miami. Um, you know, they have a team that, you know, out of the Conference USA, just like Western Kentucky, that um, is hoping to get back there. They've got a lot of returning production, um, including a quarterback, a dual-threat quarterback that, um, you know, has a lot of potential um, – you know, he, he's a guy that's, you know, led the team in rushing in, in a couple games last season. Um, on paper, I would like to think that Liberty is, would be favored in this one slightly. This is kind of one, a toss up game and a game that Liberty needs to win um, to kind of, you know, even the record at one on one, not fall to 0 and 2, and set up for a nice run to, to um, kind of open the season, you know, I, as you got a couple games after this that, that I think are more in the win category. Um, but it's going to be FIU's first game, so we won't know a lot about them and, until they step on the field. They were supposed to play UCF uh, this weekend and then have a week off before playing us, but they've elected not to play that game and have pushed it back um, and won't be open the season until till this game against Liberty, September 26th. So we won't know a lot about FIU when, when they show up in Lynchburg, so that might give them a little bit of an advantage having been able to see Liberty on tape one time against western kentucky uh but at the end of the day i think it it'll be a a close win for the flames
2: yeah when you're when you're circling games on the schedule if you want to go to a bowl game and you're circling games on the schedule that we just have to win this one's the first one that i come to and circle and say look it's a first home game we need to we can't start and two. this is a winnable game and uh you know we don't have we have a few toss-ups, but we don't have quite as many toss-ups as we as we normally do on a schedule. It seems to be we're going to either be a heavy favorite or we're going to be a heavy underdog, and uh, this is seems to be one that's going to be pretty close. And, uh, yeah, I think Liberty takes it. I think we make ma- major improvements from week one. Uh, that's one thing you, Freeze, and staff have been very good at in their time at Liberty in their first season was uh, game-to-game adjustments. I mean, they got buckshot. Ready to roll with, uh, you know, not very many interceptions last year, and uh, they just kept working on his mechanics and reads all throughout the year. And I th- definitely think that you could see the schemes on the defense getting better all the way through the Cure Bowl, where we played a triple option team last year and uh, had the answer. So, seems like that coaching um, will play will play a factor in this one, and Liberty will quickly adjust for Week Two and get that victory and start the season one and one. Which moves us to Sun Belt opponent, um, at least in ASUN. all the A Sun. <laughs> all right. Let me start over, Jonathan. Which brings us to A Sun opponent, North Alabama. We play North Alabama in all the Olympic sports and, um, you know, in, in football. They're an FCS member, and Liberty has them at home on October 3rd uh john thoughts is this an easy victory or is north alabama sitting on something we don't know about
0: well these two fcs games we'll get into the other one in a minute are, are kind of unique this season uh speaking of north alabama specifically as you mentioned an A-Sun member so we're familiar with them uh in basketball and other sports like that a, a decent program uh they play in the big south in football um you know, but they're a relatively new Division One team, you know, just moving up from Division II, Um, They play – I think they've got either three or four games on their schedule this year. But, I mean, their coaching staff can ar- – they can already start game planning for Liberty. Um, this is their first game. Um, so they – they'll certainly be watching Liberty's first two games against Western Kentucky and FIU to, to game plan and try to get an advantage there and, and go ahead and start prep. I mean – they can do three to four weeks of prep of Liberty if they want to um, in practice. Um, so they've got an advantage on, on that end of things. But at the end of the day, this is a, a team that's just moved up from Division Two, as I said. And, I mean, they, you know, got a couple wins. I think they were four and seven last year, you know, beating um, a Division Two team. Plus, um, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I think they've beat uh, Campbell and Gardner-Webb. And maybe a Presbyterian, if if I remember correctly, um, with losses against all the other Big South schools, Charleston Southern, Kennesaw State. So Liberty's certainly at another level than North Alabama is, and they it should be an easy win. But I do have that little caveat of uh, them being able to prepare and game plan for Liberty for a month straight now, um, with no other game before it. But yeah, Liberty should win by multiple touchdowns.
2: Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll save the time and just say blowout. Liberty wins, starts the season two and one, and that will take us to October the tenth. Um, that will be Liberty's fourth straight Saturday with a game. It'll be a third straight home game. Uh, Louisiana Monroe comes to town, and uh, John, they are a very good football team. What do you expect? Who do you expect to be the favorite? And then uh, who do you expect to win that game? This is
0: the one FBS game that I think Liberty is the favorite on paper um, as of today. Um, you could maybe make an argument about FIU or, or the Coastal games, but this is the one that I do think Liberty is maybe about a touchdown favorite, depending on how they do. They they play this weekend against Army, um, who looked really good in their first game, so we'll see how they look there. Um, they've also got a couple Sunbelt uh, games before they play Liberty, they'll actually be playing um, Georgia Southern the week before uh, Liberty and, and Louisiana Monroe play. So, so we'll know a lot about them. You know, obviously we played Georgia Southern and beat them in the Cura Bowl last season. Um, yes, I do think Liberty should win. Uh, this could be a game similar to the Buffalo game last year, where maybe it was a little bit of a toss up on paper or think even some people were uh, buffalo was a favorite last year but then liberty came in and just really played well and started to hit their stride um fourth game third straight at home as you mentioned um i, th- I think liberty should be able to take take care of this sunbelt opponent a conference that liberty's had a lot of success in uh since that league kind of snubbed the flames a few years ago
2: yeah i think uh i'm, I'm with you there and it's kind of uh are we being too fanboy? Or are we being too optimistic here? But I got Liberty starting three and one, and uh, beating Louisiana Monroe. Um, you know, Malik Willis will have a lot to prove, and I think that by game four, he'll have that game experience where he can really hit his stride, and and uh, the coaching staff will finally, um, you know, learn some things, learn some plays that he's really good at, really likes in game. Hugh Freeze says this all the time, and uh, and and I believe him that some players are just game day performers. He, he talks about Stubbs being that kind of guy where he has okay practices, he works hard, but as soon as the lights come on, Stubbs, it just elevates his game to another level. And I think we'll see that potentially with our quarterback, um, and, and especially in game four. So I got Liberty giving them the nod here, and that'll take us to our fifth straight game with no bye week um, in, at Syracuse. I know a lot's been made of of testing and ACC protocols and whatnot, but this game's still going to happen. Um, Liberty got thumped by Syracuse last year. Um, offensively couldn't get anything going against uh, Dino's defense down there, um, but this time it's up in the Carrier Dome. Uh, John, what do you got for this first a- first of three ACC opponents on the schedule? I really like Liberty to get a, have a decent chance at winning at least
0: one of these three ACC games. I think Syracuse might be the best chance at a win. This is the only opponent that Liberty uh, faced in 2019 that's also on the 2020 schedule. Uh, so a little bit of familiarity there. Um, I think if we, you know, we all can go back to that game last year, the season opener against Syracuse where we lost 24 of nothing. I think we all can agree that Liberty should have been more competitive. Uh, they left a lot of points on the board, you know, that. Mac fumble inside the five-yard line in the first quarter, a missed field goal. You know, Liberty could have been up and should have been up 10 to nothing early on, and that, that definitely changes the outcome of the game. But, of course, you know, Freeze was, you know, had missed basically all the training camp with that staff infection in his back. He was coaching from a hospital bed up in the, in the press box. Um, that's not the case this year. He's healthy. He's been around the team. You know, he's on year two. I think the team will be a lot better. The offense will be better, especially you know once these new pieces kind of fit into their uh, their new roles, as you mentioned with Malik Willis. Um, You know, fifth game by now, I think all the kinks have been worked out. I think Liberty has a really good chance to win this game. I'm not picking them to win. I don't think Syracuse is going to be a top half ACC team. They're more to the bottom half of the of that league this year. Um, Borderline bowl team. Uh, I think Liberty has a good chance. I'm not going to pick them to win. I- I'll pick the orange uh, by less than two touchdowns.
2: Yeah, I like that, John. And uh, I-, I agree. I'm not going to pick Liberty against any of the ACC schools, but I'm with you. Um, I think we do find a way and get the upset against one out of the three. Um, and Syracuse is that best chance. But here on paper and doing our-, our predictions and just talking about it, they are an ACC school. They do recruit at a higher level than Liberty does right now. And uh, they will have home field advantage, whatever that looks like uh, this, uh, on October 17th, um, which takes us to, I believe, uh, we will be four and two at that point going into Southern Miss, who just seems to have some very confusing things coming out of their school. It's just odd that a head coach and I get, I believe a defensive coordinator both resigned within a same, the same week, uh, all right at the beginning of the season. It smells of something else going on, other than just wins and losses. I believe they've had winning seasons in Conference USA the last three or four years, and uh, just had a little bit of a—I don't know what was going on down there. But they come to Lynchburg on October 24th. We'll lace them up against Hugh Freeze's alma mater. Uh, what do you got there for a prediction on that game, and and what can we expect from Southern Miss?
0: Man, I'm really looking forward to this game. So many storylines we've talked about. You know. Their coach uh, resigning, defense coordinator resigning as well. Um, you know, Hugh Freeze has been mentioned. That's his alma mater. He's from Mississippi. Um, so I'm sure he knows plenty of the people on their staff, you know, probably recruited several of their players uh, over the past few years. Um, and if you would have asked me a week ago, I would have said Liberty is the definite underdog in this game. But Southern Miss came out, they just looked terrible. I watched that game uh, last Thursday night. Against South Alabama at home, they did not look good at all. Couldn't move the ball. Uh, South Alabama, who's been one of the worst teams in the Sun about the last few years, just took it to them and was the obvious better team. Uh, won by ten or eleven points. Um, so, you know, they I, as we've talked about that they they're have they will have a new coach. Their uh, co-offensive coordinator has kind of been named the interim coach. But I gotta think that Liberty at home uh you know with all the turmoil going on at Southern Miss Liberty probably be favored in this game um, I mean we'll see how Southern Miss and and how things go it's halfway into the season so it's hard to know how teams will be playing at that point in time but right now I would think Liberty would be favored and and I've got Liberty winning and that you know this is the sixth game of the season put Liberty at 4 and 2 going into the home stretch
2: yeah I think I misspoke there and, and gave us an extra victory a little bit earlier but yeah, we got uh, four and two Southern Miss. They kind of don't don't really have it going on. Uh, there will be the extra motivation there from Hugh Freeze. He's a Mississippi guy. Um, this is his alma mater. I think that um, you know, coming into to to the sixth straight game, there um, Liberty will have no problem finding some motivation before the bye week. So um, yeah, I think Liberty gets it done. Gets four and two and one victory away. From Bowl eligibility, just after six games, so um that leads us to an off week which Halloween will have uh we'll have a bye week and then travel to Blacksburg. It'll probably be just a day trip, which is probably about what two hours from Lynchburg at most um who knows how many fans will be allowed there. Um, but Liberty at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's a top twenty-five team in the country. This one, this one's pretty straightforward. But what is your thoughts It's about the Hokies and how Liberty will fare on the road there.
0: Yeah, it's a game that I, I lo- you'd love to see Liberty, you know, perform well. In-state opponent, uh, a lot of you know guys that Liberty recruits. You know, they, I'm not going to say they go head to head with Virginia Tech and Virginia, but those definitely some guys that. You know, might not pay Liberty much of attention, but if Liberty is able to pull a win against an in-state FBS team like Virginia Tech uh, or Virginia, um, it go, does wonders in the recruiting battle and bragging rights amongst fans and, and, and all that. But as you mentioned, Virginia Tech is top 25 team, and, and I expect them to to be fighting for that ACC um, division title, um, or are they in the Atlantic, I guess. Um, you know, I think that'll be one of the better teams in the ACC outside of Clemson and Notre Dame. Um, so I, I don't, I don't see this one being, being the game that Liberty is able to get an upset in. And when we're talking about those three ACC games, I think the other two are far more likely. Um, this one might, might be a tough game for the Flames. I don't, I don't anticipate a blowout loss, but, uh, I think Virginia Tech wins it comfortably.
2: Yeah, I agree. I will say that the last time we went to Blacksburg, um, we had Stefan Masha as our starting quarterback, and we were winning at halftime. Um, so it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility here. We have a, a much deeper and more talented team, but so does Virginia Tech. I mean, they're top 25 in the country. And uh, after you you eliminate some of the teams that aren't playing this year, I think Tech moves up into the top, uh, top 20 at least. They're either 18 or 16, depending on what poll you're looking at. So Liberty has their hands full takes the L and I'm with you. Let's keep this one close It's in state. We probably got a few recruiting battles. I I was listening to a Hugh freeze press conference the other day and his comments about recruiting against Virginia and UV and Virginia tech. And his comment was, you know, we're not going to overwhelm them on any, any year in recruiting right now. Um, they're power five and there's definitely some advantages there, but all it takes is one or two difference makers for Liberty. And, uh, to to take them away from UVA or Virginia Tech, and uh, you know they can make a big impact on our program. So it is very important that even if we lose, we keep this one close. We we show that we belong in the FBS, and and uh, for recruiting purposes, hopefully we keep it within a couple of touchdowns. Um, that'll bring us to November fourteenth home game, Western Carolina, the second FCS game on the schedule. Um, I got us having an easy win here. Um, What do you think? Yeah, again,
0: like the uh, first FCS game against North Alabama, I think this should be an easy win for Liberty as well. Uh, It is interesting, as as I mentioned, Western Carolina's got two games um, on their schedule this fall, and the Liberty game in early November is their first. So, again, they can be sitting back, their coaching staff, the whole team can be sitting back. Uh, Through Liberty's first six, seven games and and just watching and game planning and preparing for the Flames, So I'm sure, you know, their early on strategy, you would think, um, would probably pay dividends and keep them close, maybe for a quarter or so. But ultimately, this is not a good FCS team. I believe they were three and nine last year. So, yeah, it should be an
2: easy win again for Liberty. That'll take us the next week the 21st um, right before Thanksgiving we head down to Raleigh take on the wolfpack of NC State um, you know third ACC opponent and uh, you know who knows what the fans will be allowed how many fans will be allowed who knows if we've had to postpone any games cancel any games um, if there's been any outbreaks but assuming we make it this far in the season we got NC State on the road third ACC opponent, and uh, how do you think we fare against the Wolfpack?
0: You know, NC State's an interesting team. I mean, as you look around the country at different national media or, or ACC prognosticators or, or whatever it may be, some teams, some prognosticators are picking NC State to kind of make a surge towards the top half of the uh, ACC and maybe even uh, kind of compete there for a division title a little bit. Uh, While others have them as one of the worst teams in the ACC. So uh, a lot of variance in projections for NC State. So, you know, certainly by November, we will know how good Liberty is. We'll also know how good NC State is. So it'll be a lot easier to predict at that point in time. Um, But I think like the Syracuse game, this is another game. Liberty will have a decent chance at pulling off the upset and as I mentioned earlier, I would not be shocked at all if if the Flames pull an upset, any to this game or the Syracuse game. Um, but but as mentioned, uh, we'll go ahead and uh, I'll pick NC State to win. Um, you know, in a relatively close game, as, as Liberty drops. What would this be their third loss? I think on the season at this point in time.
2: Yeah, so um, I think it would be fourth. It would be uh, all three ACC schools, and then Western Kentucky, and we got our last game of the season on the 5th. So this will be coming after a bye week at Coastal Carolina. We had already talked about earlier. If the things go the way we think they will, um, we will have already been bowl eligible when we beat Western Carolina due to two FCS games counting this year towards bowl eligibility. But, you know, this beat coastal rivalry rivalry will be, uh, you know, renewed in a, in an all new fashion. They got the Sunbelt invite. We did not. Um, you know, they, they won multiple big South, um, championships and got the playoff invites. We did not. We're constantly recruiting against them. I think, um, one of your articles over the summer alluded to the fact that when kids put out their top five lists of schools, um, it seems to be Liberty's number one, um, recruited against school. Number one opponent that, um, kids choose is coastal Carolina. So a big game for recruiting, big game, possibly for bowl eligibility, Huge game for our alumni who grew up on this rivalry. Um, what do you think we do with the Chanticleers down there on the 5th of December?
0: Yeah, like you mentioned, it's a big game. Um, could have a lot riding on it. You know, if Liberty drops one more game than, than we're anticipating, then you know, this game will be for bowl eligibility as you would enter at four and five. We've got them at five and four. Which I think there's a big difference just in the sounding of the record and being five and five or being six and four. So a win here would, you know, put you um, in that you know over five hundred uh, category. And we also got to remember: I know this season we'll have a big asterisk by it, uh, only playing ten games and a hopeful eleventh with the bowl game. But Liberty's won at least six games every season dating back to two thousand six. Um, you know, so this is one of those games, another one that I think is a, a huge swing game, even at the end of the season that could, you know, lend Liberty. If they win it, they could, um, end up having a, uh, a really good season as we look back on it. And if they lose it, maybe it'd be one of those games that we would be uh, disappointed in and, and feel bad that, 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 it was a loss. But, um, I, I think both teams are very even on paper. Um, you know, uh, Maybe it's a little bit of a homer move, but I'm going with Liberty to to get the win over the Shauna Clears in the renewed rivalry game.
2: Yeah, and let's face it, they haven't been a very good team. And uh yeah, they're recruiting okay, but their coaching staff just really hasn't showed me much. We got Jamie Chadwell versus Hugh Freeze. I you know, I I like Liberty's chances to go down there. I don't think it's close. I think that we have some motivation there from um just all the factors I mentioned earlier, plus, you know, it could be, it could be the fact that we keep the Shawna clears at home and, uh, they, they don't make bowl eligibility because of this game. So that would be a nice turn of events. And, uh, that leads us to six and four as both of, well, we didn't disagree on any game. Um, again, the coin flips, I think are FIU, you Louisiana Monroe. And then I think we win one of the ACC games, most likely the Syracuse game. So, there's some toss-ups in there, but not not as many as we're used to seeing. Um, six and four, final thoughts.
0: Yeah, well, I think that, you know, you kind of hit it there as well. I've got an article, um, depending on when we publish this uh, podcast, it's either has already been published or, or it will be published in the next day or so, um, that three marquee games, uh, the three games that are most important to Liberty having a successful season, and those three – uh, I got pegged as uh, Southern Miss, FIU, and Coastal Carolina. Liberty can come out victorious in at least two of the, those games, if not three. Which we pick three wins in those
2: games. Um, you, you see that that will uh, mean well for Liberty's bowl chances. John, I appreciate it. Looking forward to another fantastic year uh, on the podcast, and uh, just keeping engaged and and learning and discussing our favorite football team and uh really looking forward to the season hoping uh hoping we can uh go to another bowl this December that would be a lot of fun and you know it, we would be remiss if we didn't mention one more time that you know I'm just hoping we play 10 games this year much less uh go to a bowl so um the goal is let's let's play all 10 games let's stay safe let's follow the protocol let's do everything we can to prevent an outbreak and uh Uh, and uh play 10 games so john look forward to uh talking with you throughout the season and uh go flames